0: So I'm not sure if you've been paying much attention to the Olympics, it seems to be kind of the most downplayed Olympics in a long time, people aren't really paying much attention to it. Are you watching it? Any, anything? Anything? Anything at all? Okay. it's amazing to see the different sizes and shapes of people in the olympics right because if you're aiming to excel in a particular sport you can't really it's very hard to be good at them all unless you're a triathlon athlete like our dear deacon Uh, then you can be good at all sports Um, but for most people they have to really specialize in something so if you're going to be a gymnast you have to be really tall and bulky right no. So if you're going to be a gymnast, you have to be small and super flexible, right? That's why the gymnast career normally stops at about, I don't know, 20 or something. Apart from that, then you, just, you grow up and you're, you're not made of rubber anymore. Uh, so, or if you're going to be like a shot put uh, athlete, you know, stocky and strong. If you're going to be a, a, a weightlifter, right? Aesthetics don't matter. If you're going to be a weightlifter, it's just all about bulk. Right, you just got to bulk and bulk and bulk and bulk and yeah, and uh, you know, it, so it it doesn't matter if you HD browse and you're you know squatting. It makes no difference. You just have to just get on that weight and uh, and so all these shapes and if you want to be a, a a sprinter, okay, tall being tall helps, <coughs> being lean and like zero fat, just maximum efficiency. So all of these all of these runners or all of these athletes aim for something very very specific because they can't be everything in our in our lives see, we, we, we're limited we're limited by all sorts we're, we're limited by our bodies you know my body can only do so much right and as you get older it can do less and less and less you don't understand that yet okay you'll eventually have bad hips and stiff fingers like everyone else uh but when, when you, you are, we're limited by our bodies we're limited by our intelligence I, I can't understand everything i can't remember everything maybe some of you just find languages just really really hard but you can remember all sorts of statistics about hurling and soccer. no problem. But just maths won't go in or languages won't go in, or you know it, it just we're limited by our intelligence. We're limited by all sorts of things. So in our, in our lives, we have to make choices. What, what am I going to do? What am I going to set as a priority? Because you can't have everything as your priority. You can't, you can't have everything in, in, in the first place. It, there isn't room, you know, if you're going to be an athlete. And there are lots of things you can't do. If you're going to be uh, an inter-county senior herding player, you cannot do everything you want to do. Now, because I've made that choice, <clears throat> there are lots of other things I can't do. If I'm going to be on a senior panel, I can't go out on the weekend drinking all the time. I can't eat rubbish food. I have to eat lean food, high protein, so on. So making, make, there are certain choices that we make that affect all sorts of other choices. In, in, the, in the world out there, that's completely normal. Okay. In our faith, it's very, very similar. We can't just do everything or be everything. We, there's actually a, a call, like I mean, if you will, like a responsibility placed on us to not just kind of be everything, but to be something very specific. And that's to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus. And when we do that, if that's in the first place, then lots of other things... Will find their place, and lots of other things will simply be completely excluded. If I follow the Lord, there are certain things I can't do. Do you know what I mean if I, if I'm a disciple of the Lord, then getting drinking to excess, all right, or immodesty, or certain behaviour, certain talk, even certain programmes on TV? Suddenly, I can't, I can't do these anymore. Now, this is a, a kind of a negative approach for the moment, but hold on a second. Um, you know, there are certain things I can't do. I follow the Lord, I can't do these things. It's just, they, they, they don't work. Like it's the, it's contradictory to this Lord being in the first place. Because how can I have him in, the, him in the first place and yet make all these compromises? It just it doesn't work. It's like if I'm if I'm married, well then there are certain behaviours I can't have with other women, right? Because I'm married, so certain things just I cannot do. Uh, Saint Paul. If you know much about St. Paul, St. Paul was a bit of a fighter. Uh, He was absolutely determined to know the truth. So he became a Pharisee. So he knew the law well. So he knew what we call the Old Testament. He knew the Old Testament very, very well. And he was adamant-like to to defend it and to defend the truth. So much so that when Jesus came around and Jesus' followers, St. Paul, started persecuting Jesus' followers. Because he said, this is wrong. This is wrong. There is only one God and it ain't him because he died on the cross so he started persecuting the church so he has an awful lot of fire when he converts then he turns all that fire into like this, this, this disciple absolutely willing to do everything for the Lord and my Greek teacher loved pointing out this one particular thing here St. Paul says in our first reading I believe that nothing can happen that will outweigh the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord For him, I have accepted the loss of everything, right? So, Jesus in the first place. Jesus, top priority. For him, I have accepted the loss of everything. But to be honest, I look on everything as so much rubbish. I look on everything else, actually, as so much rubbish. If only I can have Christ and be given a place in him. But my Greek teacher, don't tell anybody, liked highlighting the fact that St. Paul doesn't say the word rubbish. He says the word dog poo. Dead serious. So the word dog poo is in scripture. And St. Paul says, I look on everything else as so much dog poo. If I, like everything else is just absolute poop unless I have Christ. You know, he's, he's, that, he's like, he wants to be really, really blunt about this. Right? Like in, in unequivocal terms, everything else is just absolute rubbish. Right, unless I have Jesus. Now you'll you remember that line, won't you? You'll never forget that word. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So it's Philippians three eight, just so you know. Um, so, so I think like this is I, I, Saint Paul is really really clear about this. If I have Jesus in the first place, then everything else. Not only is everything else kind of just certain things I can't do, certain things I shouldn't do. If I have Jesus in the first place, so many other things are simply just rubbish. Do you know, like, you know, if, when we think, if you look back on your life, imagine you're, you're 80 or 85 years of age, looking back on your life, you know, and imagine during your life, I met a guy, for example, who said that his greatest goal in life was to get a Ferrari, right, and he, there were pictures of him driving Ferraris, friends Ferraris and all this kind of thing, <clears throat> and he said, you know, and I'll never forget it, like, because he was dead serious, he said, I'd rather be miserable in my Ferrari than happy in a Ford Fiesta. And while I kind of agreed with him, I thought, no, no actually, no, no, hang on, that's wrong. What you mean? You'd actually, I'd rather be miserable, so I'd rather be unhappy but have material things. I mean, you're picking up what he said. I'd rather be happy, sorry, I'd rather be unhappy, I'd rather be miserable and have lots of material things than be happy and be Not so much poor, but even average, moderately wealthy. Because that's actually, unfortunately I I know this guy and I know the way he's living his life and that is the way he's living his life. He's quite miserable and making people around him miserable, but he's got plenty of material things. He's got an awesome Jeep with big off-road mud tyres. He's got an awesome Harley. He's got an awesome house. But he's making everyone around him miserable. But he has all these material things. Then you've got St. Clair, who sees St. Francis living this radical lifestyle where St. Francis and his followers, they lived out in a forest and they, they became one of these as they're called mendicant orders. So mendicant is uh, from the Latin word meaning to, to beg. So they would actually beg for their food. Right? So they would go into houses. Hi, how you doing? And he any, any leftovers there? And then the family might give, you know, our slop bucket in the kitchen. Yum. Imagine if that was your dinner. So here's the slop bucket. And they'd have, the, have the, these, their little begging bowls or their begging baskets and just pour out some of the slop bucket. That's dinner. You know, so it, it was, it's, a, it's a radical lifestyle. So St. Clair sees St. Francis living this radical lifestyle. She's inspired. She said, I, I, I want that too. I, I want to live for this Jesus guy. And she gets to know who Jesus is. And then finally she says, oh, that's it. Like he's, he's my everything. He's my top priority. Actually, I consider everything else so much rubbish if I could only have him. And so she makes these vows, promises uh, in the presence of St. Francis. And she gets her, her hair cut off. I mean, that's a fairly drastic step even for your good selves. Centuries later, but back then it was equally so there were no such things as fake clip-on hair extensions Uh, so if you didn't have it if you didn't grow it out you didn't have it so she takes this radical step in poverty and then she holds on to that and says like we have to show with our lives that Jesus is enough and so other girls start joining her and she lives this radical poverty no meat, no shoes a lot of the day in silence and no Wi-Fi. not even a half an hour a day right? So this, this this life of poverty. But rather than people thinking, oh, that's too, that's too extreme, or that's too impossible, girls actually start to join her. And then the poor Claire is, is formed. That's back in the 13th century. So it's a, they were a long time on the go. But they did so, they followed her, because they saw that actually Jesus is enough. Now two last points, if I may. On one occasion, uh, there was a lot of uh, Italy was very divided it, it, it's, it's not one country uh, very long only about a little over 150 years so before then it was just a lot of different kingdoms that would often fight for territory and land and so on so on one, the, on one occasion uh, Assisi where she was was being attacked by Frederick II and she was quite aged, she quite old at the time and so like the convent I mean if soldiers come into a convent where they're all Women and young women, like the, the, the consequences aren't good. So she needed to defend her, her, her sisters. So she says, well, well, we'll use the only arm we have. And she asks for the Blessed Sacrament to be taken out of the tabernacle. And she processes with the tabernacle and places it up on a wall where the advancing soldiers could see it. And they all kneel down in adoration. And for some reason, the soldiers are thrown into confusion and terror and flee, and don't attack their convent, leave them completely unharmed. So her faith and power, her faith in the power of the Eucharist. So when we think of St. Claire, we think of a life lived entirely for the Lord, and a confidence that Jesus is her, everything that Jesus is enough for her. Now, last point, why is it important to believe that Jesus is enough? What if you believe that all I need is Jesus and the perfect body, or Jesus and uh, a senior hurling medal, or Jesus and... Uh, why, why, why would that be a problem? Why is it so important that Jesus is enough for us? Where are we all hoping to go? Heaven. Heaven. And what's heaven? Heaven isn't just a better version of earth, because that would, wouldn't be great, if I'm honest. Heaven is when we're taken into God, who is our everything, our all in all, our everything. He's everything we want, He's the complete fulfillment of every desire. The fulfillment of your every desire for all eternity so it is essential for all of us not just for the poor chairs but for all of us that we recognize that jesus is enough for us that god is enough for us and that's actually why god has designed the human body as it is that we start off helpless then we become as awesome as your good selves able to to run for hours and hours and hours and hours a day perspiring bucket loads of sweat and healthy out and able to take hits and roll around and all good and then you hit your 40s 50s fifties—the kind of the maximum of your influence in your life and then you start to get old 60s 70s then everything starts to kind of slow down and all the gifts that we had <clears throat> we have to start giving them back why because at the end of our lives we have to know and be given the opportunity to choose god is my everything and god is enough for me so even if i can't walk God is enough for me. Even if I can't actually see anymore like I used to be able to see, God is enough for me. Even if I lose those around me, God is enough for me. God is enough for me. And if I die knowing that God is enough for me, well, then he will prove that. He will show that for all eternity, that he is enough for you. That's why it's so, so, so important that we get that priority right now while we can that lord you you're my everything you're enough for me so i I can i can still do other things i can i can still have god in the first place and play hurling i can still have god in the first place and enjoy life i can still have god in the first place and have a beautiful family and career and all those things i can do all those things as well but it's a question of priorities what's number one and with god in the number one place like everything else will find its place but you put anything else up there and everything else will suffer you've got God in the first place and then we have the, the selflessness, the virtue, the grace available to us to make decisions in favor of the other. So St. Clair, St. Paul, all saints <clears throat> lived this beautiful reality as will our own Clara. That absolute confidence that God is enough for her. That absolute, absolute surety that every pain and wound and l- Insecurity and lack that she has, or any of you have, that God is enough to fill that, that God can heal that. Do you imagine living, imagine really believing that? Imagine really believing that, that God can be your everything. If we do, we discover what we read in the Psalm You, O Lord, will show me the path of life, the fullness of joy in your presence, at your right hand, happiness forever. May we discover that and may we live that for all eternity.